Hey everybody, and welcome to the Fart Fetish Podcast, the first episode of 2023. I can't wait to start today's episode, but let me first just say that the Fart Fetish Podcast is a monthly podcast about sexual acceptance and building community. Episodes are available on almost all major podcast platforms. You can also support the show on Patreon to join the Discord and even become a producer. Check out the link at fartfetishpodcast.com. On today's show, we have a special treat with both Dill and Jules returning as dual guests to talk about a wide variety of topics. We dive into discussions of fantasy-only kinks, Gen Zs, farter and sniffer dichotomies, OnlyFans, capitalism, and socializing online, among other things. It's an especially fun episode today here on the Fart Fetish Podcast. Keep in mind this episode was recorded in August of 2022, so when we're talking about times, they're a little off. At Dill's request and for his privacy, I have altered his voice for this interview. Dill and Jules, thank you very much for both coming back on the podcast. For Dill, it's been about three months since we recorded our episode. Uh, has anyone made any comments to you about, about that appearance? Specifically, I recall you said my, people might disagree with you on what you said about the, the farter-sniffer-sub-dom dichotomy um, in the gay fart fetish space. Has anyone challenged you on that? Oh, firstly, thank you so much for having me back. In terms of like people reaching out to me after that episode, like a, a couple of people have, and they were like, oh, I really enjoyed listening to it. I, I, I liked the, the kind of things that, that you were saying. Surprisingly, no one really uh, disagreed with with what I was saying about that, which is interesting. But then again, I feel like the kind of people that reached out to me were the kind of people that will be taking my side anyway. Like they were more, they would be, they would be more on the farter side, I guess. Yeah, funnily enough, uh, when I was listening to uh, to Jules's episode, that's when I. Like, when you guys were talking about my comments, that's when I kind of realized, oh, ma- like, maybe there is a bit of disagreement with um, with Jules' perspective himself, and maybe he could talk a bit more about that. But then, then I kind of realized, oh, I kind of agree with what he's saying, where you, you guys were talking about uh, if, like, when, when it comes to meeting up, like, people can kind of define a role for themselves that they're comfortable with. But, you know, when it comes to trading videos and stuff then then it's like not okay to just be like oh i want to take everything that you've got and i'm not going to send you anything but yeah most reactions or not pretty much all reactions have been quite positive and yeah like we talked about at the end of um the episode that i was previously on like it has reached a good number of people that's great. That's great. And one thing I, I will say about that is uh, it seems to be like w- what is nice about it is you you kind of expect pushback or people to be like, ah, you know, the negative. You expect the negative to come at you. And surprisingly, I think it seems like negative people just kind of stay quiet on this. And it seems to be mostly supportive people that are the ones that actually reach out, which I find quite um, uh, it, an enjoyable discovery. Yeah, I like I think now that you mention it that like it's kind of obvious that that's what would happen like if you disagree like i don't know how many people there are that are hate listening to this i'd like to think that there aren't any or or you know very few if there are any but uh yeah like i think it's good in general that like you said um the people that agree and kind of have similar viewpoints are the ones reaching out 
Absolutely. Jules, do you have anything to 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 add or, or, or respond to, to Dill's comment? Or has anyone talked about uh, your appearance uh, in your in your circles? I've had a couple of my friends get back to me on it. They, well, two never finished it, but they said it was good. And then my one friend actually was talking about, <laughs> uh, she, was, she was really into it. She said I did great. Um, she said that it was good. Just sometimes I, my points weren't clear until after I was done talking. I was like, fair enough. I'll be more precise next time. <laughs> um, as it comes to disagreeing, um, I don't like, I agree with everything that Dilla said in his answer beforehand where like, yeah, if you're trading videos then yeah, you can't just always take and then not give because other things, but when it comes to meetups, yeah, it's just better to be in roles that you're comfortable with because there's no fun <laughs> in that degree. Absolutely. I'm going to I'm going to jump my question order a little bit uh because it seems most appropriate. Uh but like in listening back to both of your interviews, I I hear and from both of you that there's a fair amount of pushback within the gay fart fetish community against bad actors. Like on the straight side, you might have some, uh, you know, talk of like, oh, don't give this creator your money. She's using fake sound effects or whatever. But it really seems like the gay side actually tries to police in a good way. I know that's not a great word, but uh, police their fellow fart fetishists against, uh, for instance, passing off content as their own or or trying to make people realize how their like horny, aggressive commenting is inappropriate. Um, are there any other examples of pushback that you've seen in your in your you know communities and and how are these pushbacks re- pushbacks received by by the majority of the community? Um, Jules, go ahead and answer first if you would. My pushback is very uh, small of what I've seen because I'm not I, I follow very few people, but those people follow everyone else, so I get I guess I have a picture of it. There's been a, a huge campaign recently about one account that was sharing things but also sharing underaged stuff so that was more of a concern about that as well but also just bad actors in general I was I think I was yeah one of them actually messaged me be like hey do you want to like do this I'm like no I I like my I don't I'm not into that type of stuff but like thanks anyways (laughs) I hope that answers I'm not the most topical on this one <laughs> not, not at all not at all don't don't feel like you have to explain yourself at all whatever you have is is whatever you have i i'm not uh there's no judgment here what what about you dill what what have you seen uh, i think you're absolutely right with with the, what you were just uh describing before in terms of the the pushback on outside against people like that um i know the example that that jules is talking about that was uh quite recent i like for I believe in that specific case, there were a couple of uh, well-known content creators that that this account was kind of not targeting, but like stealing their videos. And then they kind of spoke up about it and kind of reached out to their followers um, to be like, hey, guys, can we make sure this guy stops doing what they're doing? And overall, the, the community was quite supportive and, you know, like following them, seeing what they were tweeting, seeing like what the response was. I think like there were multiple accounts that were blocked, but like other people um kept track of everything. And yeah, like I, I think because the the creators themselves had uh like a good sense of um community, friendship even, uh between them, that it was able to happen. Like that, that like they were interacting with each other quite nicely in a good way 
And yeah, because of that, you know, they were able to kind of bring everyone together and stop that from happening. Um, and, and like th that kind of thing has been going on for a really long time, even back before Twitter was the main space for us. Like even back in the kick days, you'd be like, oh, don't send, don't like, don't talk to this person, don't talk to this person, you know, they just, they're just gonna like take all your things without giving anything back or yeah like that kind of thing has been there for for a while and i think that's one of the good things about outside of the community is that we have that but you know at the same time unfortunately we we have the bad actors in the first place and it would be nice if we didn't have them of course i will say though um and and not not no no i'm not i'm not I'm defending bad actors no i think it's kind of inevitable though that bad actors will exist one thing i was going to say though that surprised me in your in your response is i don't think and and you know feel free to correct me if you're wrong i don't think you two run in the same uh community circles and yet you both kind of knew about the same incident so that really speaks to how small the the community is and not in a like oh you know it's a small you know we're a small gathering community but really the news will get around if you're not a a acting in good faith if you're a bad actor within the community it will be it will be spread around not in a like oh gossipy way but just like people will not want to play with you or or interact with you because of your actions and i think that's something to, for people to keep in mind whether they be straight or gay or whatever is that this is a small community so if you're coming here with ill intention or bad bad vibes bad juju whatever like you're going to be found out and, and going to be called out in many ways. It, yeah, it, it is a small community. And uh, I also do find it interesting that we are in like different circles. I think in this specific instance, it's, it's because it was with two quite popular large um, accounts so that, you know, they tweet something, they'll get quite a few retweets. So even if you're not following them directly, like someone that you are following is probably following them. And, you know, that's how it will kind of come up in terms of like smaller things. It's less likely to get around. But yeah, if if you're like one of the bad accounts and you're quite big because that has happened, that will kind of spread around as well. For sure. Let me jump to to Jules. Uh, back in your in your interview that you know we just had actually, but you talked about being terrified of people and and, and but trying to get into the community. What what do you think is your next step? Like, what are you trying to get at um, next? Uh, what's your action plan? I guess is is another way to put it. Um, I am still terrified of people because it's just I have issues talking to people. I'm not face to face with them. I just find it easier to be with someone or like even if it's just like a voice because i like seeing reactions in real time my uh, i started my, my action plan i per se is like um i started i'm starting to like join in on like conversations like post i was going to start posting my own stuff and then i kind of check it out on that because i was like not right now but like maybe in like a couple months <laughs> but that's pretty much it uh yeah, just uh, getting comfortable with, like, using social media as a whole because I've never been good at it or never even, like, tempted to be, to even, like, use it in a way. So just figuring out how to, just how that works on its own is going to be a major part of it. <laughs> 
For sure. Well, and I'm with you there. Like, I mean, I don't love the uh, the online forms of communication in general. I do. I too like being with people. The only struggle with it is uh, is finding those people to hang out with. That's why I generally try to go into the kink community because there is that at least knowledge that everyone knows at the very least don't kink shame other people like you know and and i like i like to have that because you know when you talk to normal people they don't have that pretense so yeah they might be nice and they probably will be nice but you just don't know whereas when you go with kink people it's almost like you have this foreknowledge that they've been versed in how to um at least be respectful in hearing your your fetish out in other words Dill, how do you, how do you feel? Uh, we we never really talked about confidence or, or or socialization on your side. Do you have any any thoughts or, or feelings on that area for yourself? Um, uh, not for myself, not necessarily. Uh, like I, I can I can talk about my own experience in that regard. And, and like I, I find it quite interesting that Jules is kind of at this stage where you know he's like trying to get to the point of trying to start uh, posting online. And I think you mentioned this in his episode where like you find that to be like the easier side of things whereas you know like telling people about the fetish in person like that's the more challenging aspect um which like that's how i see it as well like posting online like that's like that's relatively easy uh i first started posting online because back when this vid was in its heyday um just to be able to to get access to other people's videos so it was kind of for selfish reasons i'm just like oh there are lots of things here that i'd like to watch but no one's gonna add me as a friend unless i have my own things to share so let me start posting yeah that, that was kind of my experience with it and you know i i guess it was a little bit nerve-wracking to an extent in that like i wasn't sure like what the reaction would be but you know like once you get past that that first video and like you see how people react then it's just like oh okay uh like it's it's doable it can happen and, and recently there was actually someone someone on on from the gay community on twitter was like oh i really love how you know there's very little like shaming or anything on our side of the community it's just like as long as you're posting videos and being nice to each other like we can all get along kind of thing I didn't fully agree with all of that, but, uh, but you know, to a, to a degree, he's right. To a degree, he's right. I'd say. Uh, that was good. God, I had a question. <laughs> oh, oh, I was gonna, I was gonna. Oh, I remember. I was gonna be. I was gonna be not not mean to Jules, but I was gonna be like, yeah, what's wrong with you, Jules? You have all this confidence, and you can't go out. And, like, <laughs> no, but I'm kidding. Um, I'm, I'm obviously kidding, Jules. But no, like, like it is. It is. I think it is surprising for some people because. You, you do have so much confidence. You have told so many people that the fact that you're you're a little more hesitant in the community of people who would maybe understand better than the people you've told already is is it seems backwards. But obviously it's your experience. I'm not telling you like, ah, you know, feel this way about it. It's just it's just it's just not the norm, you know, and I guess, you know, what what we learn here is none of us are the norm in many different ways. You know, we all have our our ways of of deviating from the way people are as it were quote unquote you know i think all of us should appreciate that like you know us in particular we should understand that like you know it's okay to not be quote unquote normal so yeah we shouldn't put other people down for not being normal 
Absolutely. No, absolutely. Absolutely. And I, that I did, I definitely did not intend to put you down, Jules. That was not my, my goal. I was, I was uh, just trying to be, uh, be fun with you. No, no, I, I get it. Uh, you were actually nicer than most of my friends' <laughs> jokes. So I appreciate that. <laughs> I'm sorry to hear that, but I'm glad to hear that at the same time. <laughs> that actually bring, but all this talk actually brings us to an interesting point. Dill, I know you talked about uh, doing videos when we had our interview, but since then you've told me you're you're also on OnlyFans. What uh, what drove you to to make that change, and how do you how do you make that distinction between what is monetized and what is not for you? Yeah, uh, it's a very recent thing for me. Uh, well, actually, I- I- interesting story behind it. This kind of has been in the works for about a year um it kind of started out as a joke uh, where i was just like you know talking to a fetish friend and being like oh I, you know i'm just gonna start an only fans like hey help me make some things and you know we'll get it going and then like it we kind of took it semi-seriously and like made a whole lot of content but then we had trouble setting up an account so we kind of just like okay well scrap that we're not going to be doing that but then within the past month i guess i was just like you know what let's let's try it again i'm gonna i'm gonna try to to get the account set up because like i've got all this content i enjoy sharing it with people and it's like like i can see there are other people out there making money off this and i you know not to like toot my own horn, haha. Not to be one of those people, but I feel like I feel like I make relatively good content. So it's like if other people are getting paid for this, why shouldn't I? And yeah, so it's like it's it's only been about two weeks now. So I'm kind of still figuring everything out. Uh, I've got an idea of in terms of what's what's paid content and what's free, because like. You know, still going to be making free stuff. I'm not going to be one of those straight alpha doc types who are like, you need to pay to to see anything of me. Yeah, but like, you know, it's it's a work in progress. I still kind of, yeah, like I said, figuring out everything as I go. But I have an idea of what's premium content, if you will, and what's like what I what I'm happy to put out for free. Nice, nice. I hope that answers the question. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think so. And I, you know, I was, I, uh, if I may get political for just one sentence here, uh, if you have a problem with monetization, your problem is most likely with capitalism. Just, just as a matter of because, you know, we're all, we're all in this world of needing money to survive, you know, whether it's, it's rent, it's, it's food, it's water, you know, literally we need, we need money to survive. So there's, it's almost foolish in a way to do any part of your time uh, for no money. Now that's not to say don't volunteer or help people or anything like that, but um, outside of those pure and, and fill up, fill up, you know, good pursuits. I, I can't say Philip, Philip Thantric. Yeah, yeah, philanthropic. That's it. Exactly. <laughs> Outside of those pursuits, we all we all need money, you know. And and being reasonable and running a good business is definitely important. I'm not saying, uh, you know, be unscrupulous, but 
there's literally it's almost as you get older it's almost a waste of time to not be um to not be making money with what you do with most of your time uh but i i as i said i will i will move on from that unless someone has a response because i wanted to talk about the um how have you found the the i I, we me and jules talked a bit about the community uh aspect uh being also there on OnlyFans beyond like the porn subscription model have you found that to be uh the case or or how has that been i'll I'll talk about that uh first just to add to your point that you made just before i i literally told someone that exact same thing um they was I, I, they were talking to me about, oh, you've got an OnlyFans now, no, 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 no. Does that mean you know, I like you're not going to start doing whatever? And and I was like, well, this is what I'm doing. If if you have a problem with it, like blame capitalism. Uh, so, so yeah, and like that's pretty, like you know, I was I was getting kind of defensive about it because it just I think to some people it might seem like a like a big 180 for me, whereas I wasn't against OnlyFans before. You know, I think I said in my previous interview, uh, if it will be nice if you didn't make this paid content, but at the same time, I understand why you're doing it. And here I am. Now I'm one of them. Um, it happens. Uh, but yeah, 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 exactly. Um, I don't think here's the thing. I don't think you need to feel bad about it. Like, like I, I, I think there's there's something to be uh, an aware capitalist. Like, don't be an asshole, essentially. But like. This this is this is the world we have. Like if there was a different world, a more idealistic world, when I was acting, I was all about that idealistic world. I'm like, you know, fuck this. We should, you know, I'm I'm going to auditions, I'm doing all this fucking work. Why aren't I getting paid for any of it? And mostly as an actor, you don't get paid unless you're, you know, lucky enough to get those jobs. So my point is, there are a lot and it's not just actors. There's a lot of people in society doing money and not uh, doing work and not getting paid for it. Uh mothers or 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 home fa- stay at home fathers or any any sort of those jobs totally disregarded. But I I don't want to waste our our time on on politics. I apologize. I took it that route, <laughs> but I I I do have a passion about it. I feel like I've hinted at those type of thoughts in previous episodes, and I just wanted to say it um, out loud. Um, I'll take any judgment uh, that comes. Do Jules? Do you yeah, have? I, I oh, go think- ahead. Oh, sorry. No, no, please. Oh no, 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 no! Let let Jules talk. I feel like I've been doing too much talking. Well, I, I, I want to do hear Jules's opinion as well. <laughs> no, Jules, I was just going to ask you. Um, you talked. You you already talked about this. Have you? Do you have any additional thoughts about like uh, OnlyFans and and the community aspect? Like I say, beyond the beyond just like I'm buying this person's content. I uh, always believe because I'm very uh, I'm frugal, but I'm not when it comes to buying things. I'm always on the thing where I will get stuff if I like the creator. And um, I also have seen a lot of Dill's work. So I, I enjoy it. I'm not going to, it's, it's, it's fun. It's exciting. It's good stuff. Um, <laughs> uh, but uh, no, I just feel like that if you're going to make something and you're going to profit off of it and you, you're making money on something that you like, and that's always a good thing to do. It's just, making sure that you stay grounded and that you keep engaging with your audience because there's because once your audience isn't there it doesn't matter if you're still posting and trying to monetize something when you aren't getting a return because you kind of fucked your audience over so it's just like maintaining a good relationship so even if it's like messaging them every so often be like oh how are you doing like it's been a while or just like 
using that parasocial relationship that we have on like with influencers and online things where you play off that where like you're you know where the person knows you so you can use those things being like I don't know the person I'm talking but they kind of know me so we can kind of have like this like we're talking like we're acquaintances almost to keep engagement up I'm glad to hear that. I'm glad to hear that that there are creators who will engage in that kind of thing and not just like, you know, this is a business. You want to buy something or not, get out, you know? I, I think that's been so far, like I said, it's only been two weeks, but that's been my experience so far as well. Um, like people have messaged me on OnlyFans and put, like it, it's weird in that I feel a little bit of a power imbalance in my favor, but like that's kind of an incentive for me to to talk to them and you know like yeah to, to talk to them to interact with them just because like i know that they're it, it's it's not just the content that they're paying for they're kind of paying for like that ability to to talk to me to interact with me it's uh, like i think it's a very new way when i say new i mean like within the last 10 years kind of thing just in general in, ter in terms of like business practices where you're not just buying the product you're you're kind of buying into the whole like you're buying into the experience of like knowing this person and like yeah it's it's very different to being just in the non-monetized space where like you know if people talk to you you don't really owe them anything when you know that they're paying for your stuff it's like well now i i have to kind of um live up to that uh, also, I wasn't aware that, that Jules uh, knew about my stuff, <laughs> so that's nice to hear. Thank you. You're welcome. I was, uh, before you did the podcast, I was following you on Twitter for a bit, and that's why I feel like I know the circle that you're in. I just don't talk to the people in it. <laughs> uh, we're, we're very nice people. Like, <laughs> you should start posting. <laughs> <laughs> like you'll be you'll be welcome with open arms like you seem like a great person so yeah i try my best <laughs> well that maybe brings us to uh the dill you had a question for jules based on his interview and i i read your question but i just don't know if i fully understand it um as well as i should to to like be able to put it in my own words Something I'd like to talk about based on your conversation in the last episode is the idea of sexual scripts and the perception that not having kinks is the norm, vanilla normativity, as you will. And following on from that thought, the idea that some kinks are more acceptable than others, and the parallels all this has with sexual freedom for the LGBT plus people in general. Uh, oh, okay. Um, yeah, there's a, quite a bit to unpack in that, isn't there? But yeah, the perception that not having kinks is the norm and the parallels with like sexual freedom for LGBT plus people. Uh, what I mean is that by that is, you know, LGBT plus people, despite all the progress that has been made and despite changing attitudes in society and all of that, coming out is still very much a thing that people have to do. Like heteronormativity is still a huge thing where it's just like, you know, if you're a guy, it's just like, oh, do you have a girlfriend? Are you going to get married? No, 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 without even crossing their mind that, like, this person might be gay or 
you know, something might be bi and might not want to get married to the opposite sex kind of thing. And there's a parallel with that in that, like, when it comes to kinks and stuff, like, this this aspect of sexuality is still repressed, no matter what kind of kink it is. And it's like, there's another kind of coming out. So, like, the that coming out, uh, whether it's a kink coming out or a general sexuality coming out, are similar. And I just wanted to, like, see what Jules's thoughts about that were. Oh, okay. Hard questions. Got it. <laughs> I don't disagree with the heter- heteronormative that you're that it's brought because it exists. I work in a in in the health industry as right now. I um, and that's pretty common with uh, just with the age demographic that I'm that I work with as my clientele are very much a. I get asked all the time, are you married? And then the ones that aren't fully there because they have dementia are like, oh, so how's your wife today? Is she good? I hope you're good. You seem, you're real, and then it just goes off. But uh, yeah, I, I, you're, you're always going to have to come out, even though, even in like, because for me, I assume everyone is straight until proven otherwise, because it just makes it easier. I'm not saying it's a good thing because it, you shouldn't just assume that, but at the same time, it's also just a way to like stop yourself from like getting hurt because I've this might be scrub topic. I've almost been gay bashed a couple times while I was living in a bigger city than I am right now because of just the environment that's happening within my section of Canada right now. So that's been fun. But um when it comes to kinks themselves and coming out with that, I think the gay community is more open to certain kinks over others than more hetero people. Because at my work, this one of my coworkers was bashing this dude because he came on the first date, asked if she was willing to do feet stuff with him. And she wanted to vomit and jump out of his moving car. <laughs> I hope that uh, answers some of the question. <laughs> um, yeah, well, well, yes. Uh, that's a bit <laughs> icky. Um, oh, and, and I'm sorry that you had to go through the the gay bashing type stuff. That's not that's not good. Like, see, like that, like that's that's what that, that's what I'm saying. It's like mm-hmm. that that kind of stuff exists. But like, even within uh, within gay spaces, there's just like, oh, you're into you're into this weird thing. Where I feel like the assumption should be not, oh, you're into this weird thing. It should be what weird things are you into. Because, you know, as the saying goes, everyone has a kink. We, we shouldn't just assume that vanilla is the norm. Whereas, I, like, I feel like, you know, that, that still is the kind of assumption. Maybe not, maybe not on certain spaces, like Grindr and places like that. But, but yeah, vanilla isn't the norm. And, and I think what I was getting to is that, like, kink people... Uh, should accept that for themselves because I I feel like a lot of people kind of struggle with the idea of having a kink, having a fetish, because they're just like, oh, I'm not normal. This is not good. Like, I shouldn't be into this stuff. Um, and like, people have talked to me about that kind of stuff. They're like, I don't want to be into this stuff. And t- to me, there's just that parallel of like, gay people thinking oh i shouldn't be gay i shouldn't be gay i should be straight because that's what's good that's what that's what's right that's what's natural 
and like I don't think that's a good space to be in and I kind of feel like the the more we kind of realize that whatever kink you have is part of the the spectrum of human sexuality and as long as it doesn't involve hurting people non-consensually people or other things um animals whatever it is as long as it doesn't involve non-consensual stuff then like it's okay like you know um i, I think people like that's the kind of message that needs to be out there what do you think about that no, i i agree with that 100 percent. i just think that it takes a while even if you do kind of try and normalize it it's still going to take a long time before it finally sticks i believe that you should make changes in small increments so that at the end you can so the majority has the like the majority population has more time to get used to the idea before you just shove everything down yeah 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 definitely <sighs> uh, like i i understand that i, I know I'm, not, I'm not saying we're gonna like start a full-on revolution of just like except my kink kind of thing <laughs> not yet we'll get there um <laughs> but I, I think more on the personal level it's just like people shouldn't be ashamed and, and like this is a very kind of relatively recent thing for me as well like within the past few months like even i used to be like uh like how far am i gonna take this like you know whereas now i'm just like i'm in too deep this is my sexuality <laughs> like i i shouldn't i shouldn't be ashamed of it like this is just this is me yeah, like, what are your personal experiences with that? Like, I feel like you, you know, you've actually told a lot more people in person, so you're probably further along than I am, Jules. I come across as really confident, especially in my podcast, but I'm not going to lie. When I told everyone I was shitting bricks, <laughs> uh, <laughs> I get, I've told a lot of people that I've built really close bonds with. So I knew that if, anything happened it wouldn't be well later on like when i first started telling people i was 13 and stupid and just thought that oh this dude's into doing it maybe he'll be like cool with it and that was a horrible mindset to have i guess no well, i mean yes in a way it was in a way not really but um no uh it took me until mid last year before i was actually to the point where i'm like no this is what i am this is what i like and fuck the, and damn all who don't care or like banish me because i've got tons of messages being like you're into that that's gross or people just like being sarcastic about it or like or like even yesterday my friend was joking with me about like uh like a lot of my friends are just very sexually uh, playful like we just they just are super touchy they're super flirtatious that's just who they are as people they're we're just they're just very close so now the fact that they're doing that with me makes me feel more accepted in that friend group and that took about four years to make <laughs> but i i just went off a tangent but uh, yeah I think it's good that you have that though. Like I, I know in in my vanilla friend groups, like that, like that's just not a thing that that I could talk about and be open with it. Um, like, but but then again, maybe 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 I'm the one being vanilla normative now. Maybe they're into <laughs> their own crazy things, and and here I am, 
<laughs> maybe we yeah. need to have that conversation uh, to, to be better friends. I don't know. I feel like I've been around since high school. I've been around a lot of people who have been open sexually. And that's, I would have full on BDSM talks on the bus ride home from school with my friends because that's what they wanted to talk to that day. Be damned who was on that bus. But um, every person I've ever talked to, that's just how we bonded. One day we'd just be there and be like, so what turns you on? male female it didn't matter that was just that was just something we bonded it was just kind of like who are you into today what's your love life had any fun nights <laughs> i think um like like we've we've had the discussion like me and my friends were like we talk about you know the, the kink side of things it's not like we we shy away from sexuality in general but like we we only talk about the the safe kind of topics and when we talk about the the relatively obscure stuff it's always in a sense of, oh, I'd never do that, or, or like, oh, maybe I'd think about doing that, but like, oh, I don't know. Um, it's never been like, oh, this is actually what I'm into. You were talking about this in, in your episode where it's like the safe kind of things, it's like BDSM. Like, mm-hmm. like that's not even a kink at this point anymore. That's just what people like. Do you know you what go I mean? BDSM, you go feet, uh, you go underwear, you go socks, you just go like, <laughs> random stuff just like whatever you think on the top of your head and then you go to your more middle ground stuff which is i think our fetishes with like face sitting farts burps uh body odor is more middle ground and then you have like the extremist kinks that i'm not even going to talk about because some of the like i'm not if you're into that that's cool they make me scared like they scare me and i don't want to talk <laughs> where there's like do you mean the kind of stuff where there's potential for like, like permanent bodily damage perm- like non-con type thing where like it's it's non-consensual consent yes yeah yeah yeah. that yeah. stuff terrifies me yeah it, it, funny like uh, within my kink circle friends like sometimes we talk about like oh like this is a relative like our kink fighting is a relatively easy thing to to have because like it's natural and everyone does it whereas yeah. like say for example if you're into vor like you're never going to be able to to live that out so it's like you know we, we kind of got it easy i mean if we're going off on like fantasy there's there's fetishes that are completely fantasy based that i love to death because i know it'll never happen but the idea of it just makes me so happy and then the realistic stuff just as a super but when you add the realistic stuff to the fantasy stuff it's just a bonus <laughs> Yeah, yes, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I like that way of thinking about it. You know, I, I didn't consider, like, the whole being into the fantasy aspect itself. What I've learned is that there's kinks that you like happening to you, and then there's kinks that turn you on because you like the idea, not necessarily the action. For an example, I don't like dominance or, like, very, very aggressive people when I'm in real life because I'm just I I will fight back I'm very much a okay you pass the line but in like a story a little bit of that I'm like I'm cool with that that's fine if, if both parties are consenting to it and then there's a little bit of like a like a degradation in there but not like it's not heavy-handed but like a little bit then like that's cool story based but if it was but if it was like a meet and that happened I'm like I'm gone sorry we're done <laughs> that's interesting um and i think this just shows like the the whole spectrum of things because i'm sure there are people out there where where they haven't had that experience where it's like if they're into it they're into it happening to them but no you're right like it doesn't have to be that way like you could be you could just be into reading about it or like 
seeing pictures of it, but you don't want it happening to yourself. And like, yeah. that's that's okay. I feel like we stole your podcast, and I'm sorry about that. <laughs> no, that's perfectly fine. I think um, people don't want to hear from me anyways. Let's face that. No, um, uh, no. What what I was the only thing I was really going to add because obviously I don't have the the same uh, community experience you guys both have, but I will say I think as far as like assuming people are kinkless these days, I think can slowly be eased off our shoulders because I mean one of the main reasons I started this podcast and there's there's more than there's more than a few. I watched, you know, my friend Ezra set up a podcast uh, and and another colleague of ours, Rocket, uh, who have been on his podcast just again, actually, uh, last week. And that episode just came out. So there's a reason this is happening, because more and more people are interested in these type of topics. I'm hoping more people will become more interested in our fetish specifically. But at the very least, we know people are are interested about BDSM. I mean, one of the, one of the ones that's kind of connected to the fetish that no one even, I, I've never heard really anyone talk about maybe because no one liked the show or no one likes Lena Dunham, uh, is the fact that I think she had an ass eating scene in that show. Like that's not something you generally see in TV. At least not like that. Usually if that's happening, it's, it's you know, the, the man goes under the covers or whatever and he's eating her out or whatever. But they don't show that type of thing. So I think that's that's really a, a, a change in, in what has occurred societally. And I think that change is just going to keep happening quicker and quicker. The younger generation... Uh, uh, your generation, Jules, is is I think much more sexually free than than even even people in their thirties. People might of my generation. Yeah, I mean the Gen Zs are pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> you, I, like I, I would agree, and in fact, this was this was a, another kind of question that 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 I had. Um, just like because we're we're relatively close in age. I'm twenty seven, Jules, or maybe maybe I can't remember. How old are you again, Jules? I'm- I'm 24. 24. Okay, so three years. But at the same time, I feel like, like I'm more towards the the older side, as like like I'm a millennial kind of thing, and like my experience with the fetish stuff is kind of coloured by that those people, people of that generation. Uh, so like even with the three year difference, your experience of fetish stuff would be a lot more open, a lot more accepting and yeah like like would you agree like what do you think i'm just at that odd range where i'm the first year of a new generation (laughs) so i was like i was i'm in the i'm in the forgotten years as people like to call it where i'm like i wasn't the internet wasn't a big thing yet when i was born and i didn't grow up with a phone because phones became like like the smartphone came out when i was like in grade seven grade seven grade eight so i was like and then, like, Instagram came out when I was in high school or, like, close to high school. And so did, twi- like, basically social media broke out when I was, like, growing up. So I should be good at it. But no, because why would I? I was I was still, like, being outdoorsy and not a shut-in as I am now. <laughs> um, no, I, I just, I feel like uh, a lot of my generation or, like, people that I know are just very activist activist space and we're very political <laughs> like we 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 the minute 
that we hate something, we, we boycott it and we want to tear it down. But if we love something, we're like, okay, how are we going to make everyone else love what we love? Yeah. I kind of, I, I, I noticed that as well with with you guys. Like, there is that, <laughs> you guys are like very much the activist generation. I feel like for the millennials, it was a, I think so, like there were, there was some of us that kind of got that trend started and then but like you guys really took it on and like made that your whole identity not identity but like you know you made it like a massive thing and like you know within uh coming back to like the, the fetish space side of things or like the you know sexuality space like you guys are kind of at the the forefront of being like this is what this is what we're trying to work towards um like this is the the ideal society in terms of uh sexual freedom and like you know conservatives could could fuck off kind of thing see about there i don't like that i'm such a uh i'm political but at the same time i don't like the idea of ever trying to separate someone even on a political basis uh but like i get your statement it's just more of a i feel like I don't know how to say it. I believe that when it comes to like our fetish type thing, there's not like, there's conservative nature within some of it. Because um, if you want to go with the whole uh, not showing, like keeping your privacy setting, because you could say like not showing your face or not talking in videos would be a conservative mindset. Because if you were totally free, you wouldn't give a shit if a future employer or uh, a friend stumbled upon and saw you full face ass to camera letting it go for the whole world to see <laughs> well I, I think if i may interject i think that's just the problem we have of today and i'm not going to tell you you're you're like incorrect obviously we all have our own own views on on politics um and i i think just the problem is is it, it becomes that again that that uh capitalist expectation that what you do at home now becomes a reflection of what you do at work as well because we're all perpetually online if someone doesn't like you they can go find you they can go find your pictures and post it up on the internet um and and basically try to humiliate you and i think that's that's the unfortunate um that that is why some people feel the need to be so uh private and and that's you know it, it's understandable for sure. I think the one thing about the conservative ism and why uh, why Gen Z maybe became more, I mean, I don't know, obviously, but like I, I expected millennials to be more politically active. I expected millennials to be more um, idealistic. But I think we kicked the can so many times down the road that Gen Z is just like, we're out of fucking time. And, you know, it, it never changes. But anyway, I keep we keep we keep drifting to politics i apologize i just want to i just want to clarify that i wasn't trying to shame people who don't show their face it was just an extreme example i i get the whole not wanting to identify yourself like i don't want to come across as like you're bad Actually, and one that no i don't think that's it that's the norm that's the norm most people don't want to show themselves i think i think us being on the show here, we're we're deviating from the norm of of people talking about kinks in general, but then furthermore within our fetish, because this is a very it shouldn't be, but it is a very quote unquote shameful fetish in the terms of people would think we should have shame about it. But the fact that we don't is challenging that paradigm. And I think I think that's important. 
I think that's important if you want change. If you don't want change, then fuck it. Status quo doesn't matter. But if you want change, then you have to be willing to challenge those paradigms. And again, this is not encouragement to go like, everybody rip off your cameras and show your faces. But like, there is an element to that, that uh, people do need to go for, some people do need to go forward for other people to, to, to go further. Just as I was talking with Rob about a lot of people in the gay community who stand on the bodies of those who came before and maybe don't recognize that their privilege comes from people who who did have to do these fights. I'm, I apologize. Um, I apologize uh, for getting all Martin Luther no, no, King no. there. Uh, no, no, no. I, like, I, I think, I, and this is, once again, I think this is one of those parallels to, like, the uh, having sexual freedom for LGBT people in general. Like, you know, that was happening in, like, you know, 60s, 70s, 80s, even today still. But, like, and now there's this, like, second kind of sexual liberation happening within the kink space. Like, it is it a, as big a deal? Probably not. But, like, it, you know, there are parallels there. I just also wanted to add that, like, when I was talking about conservative attitudes before, I, I didn't mean necessarily, like, people not wanting to show face or do verbal or whatever. Um, I'm one of those people. Like, I don't want my face out there, especially now <laughs> on OnlyFans. Uh, I just meant people more in terms of, like, like more boomerish type attitudes of, like, mm-hmm. sexuality is just for straight people, man and woman yeah. kind of thing. Um, within marriage, Christian marriage. I might have jumped the gun just a little bit. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, no, we're 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 I. You know what? This is the first time we've all talked, so I I think that's going to be inevitable. That that we're not always gonna like be the most clear with what what we're asking or what we're saying. So I I don't think clarity or 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 anything else is is a problem. Let me let me jump ahead. What's the next evolution of the fetish look for like for 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 both of you? I uh I think Jules talked about it a little bit in the in the one question I asked you, but let me jump to Jules first and see like what do you what do you think that looks like and what do you want out of that change? Like how would you benefit from that change? I think the evolution that I want to see in this particular field is uh everyone coming together uh i i really like the idea of uh or like even people who aren't into it giving it like just being open and willing to try things i i always have the opinion that uh you should always be having an open mind and try things once in your comfort zone if it's not comfortable for you then don't force it but like you never know because who knows and one of these times people who aren't into it could try to be like i'm actually kind of into this like not only because i feel like it's fun for them and it could be used as like just a way for like friends to bond later on or like i like the idea of making sexual things not sexual because not everything has to be in the sexual context because there's times where yeah it turns me on but there's other times where i'm like no it's just friends being friends and it's just fun and like if both people are getting something out of it then like Cool, but I also want the idea that um, women and like women and men into male farts can be open about it and be cool with the idea of not, or like even the gay scene just watching videos that aren't necessarily gay couples or just men on man videos and being okay with like having like the dominant like the main part like the fighter I guess being male but like the submissive being like either or because you're still getting the part that 
you're both into, I guess, without, but not necessarily just having it strictly just be like one pairing and that's it. I think that's where I want to see things go. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And that actually ties into my next question, which I'll ask you in, in just a moment. But, but Dill, did you have uh, an idea on the evolution of the fart fetish and, and how, you would, uh, how you'd benefit from that change? Uh, I completely agree pretty much with everything Jules just said. Um, I, I think in addition to that, personally, like I just like to see a, a lot more people kind of getting into it or just like being open to it and like, you know, reaching out and being like, hey, like, can we try this? Or like w within, um, I, I know within certain kink communities, like they're, they've got a much more stronger kind of... Um, in real life kind of presence like i like i know the the pup play people like you know they they meet in person a lot like the leather people they meet in person a lot like the bdsm people will meet in person like i uh like i think there's a long way to go before like the fart fetish people can have that kind of thing but uh you know i'd like to see that kind of thing happening for us and to add to what Jules was, Jules was saying about, like, having not the same pairing in, like, fart fetish content, I know a lot of people are actually wanting to see that more. Like, multiple people have, you know, in, in just conversations, they're like, oh, I, I think, I'd, like, I'd love to see a video of a, a guy farting on a girl kind of thing. Because, like, that's, I don't think there's anything like that out there. But, yeah, like, you know, there there is a desire for for that to happen. Absolutely. Absolutely. I have a total of maybe 200 stories and there's only two I've written where a guy farts on a girl and that was by request. Um, so yes, I agree with you that I don't think that content is very prominent out there at all. You know, my interview with a, with a female fart fetishist, obviously she's experienced this quite a bit because uh, she's into, I mean, I guess thankfully for her, she's also into, into male farting as well. Uh, sorry, female farting as well. But the problem with that is a lot of contexts when they're talking, you know, especially POV, they're like, oh, you, you know, they're using a lot of masculine pronouns and that's going to take you out of it if that's not, you know, how you want to be addressed in your fantasy. So uh, I, I do think that is, is, a, is a gaping hole in content. But also I think you, uh, I, my hope is uh, I do realize we're far away from a physical event for us, but I'm hoping we're closer than than we may think. I, I think if we get more people involved in these conversations, more of these, you know, active telegram groups, more of these discords going, uh, or or just more people involved in them, I think what is possible is is fairly, you know, endless. I mean, it only only restricted by our ability to to organize. Uh, I yeah I, I would definitely agree um I was just going to say like I've been noticing a lot of uh people like doing VR chats and stuff and like I have no idea like how to even go about doing that showing my age here but like that's it, that's definitely like the younger generation type space but I feel like no. you know, that, I, like I'm I'm seeing that more and more and I feel like that's becoming a thing that's even younger than me at least people who just turned 20 <laughs> Okay. Maybe. Okay. Well, that, I, I feel like that kind of thing is going to become more popular, and I, I, yeah, um, I think in a previous podcast it was mentioned. Someone mentioned it where it's like maybe that's going to be the main form of like interaction. 
That was me, Dill. At some point. That was me. It's a question that's <laughs> it's a question that's coming up in one of the in one of the questions as well. But obviously I've collected the wrong group of individuals to talk about. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm fully kidding. Um, but let me go back to what I said uh I was gonna talk about in um with what Jules said. Uh and he actually mentioned it in his last interview, and I I really failed to follow up on it well, uh, I think. And it's that there's a lot of obsession with uh, fetishists like us connecting with other fetishists. And absolutely we should, you know, that's why we're here together in, you know, having this podcast. But I think there's nothing that says you can't find a non-fetishist who may be willing or even enjoy farting around or on or, you know, for you. So I don't think we can limit our pool and and that ties into I think how open you are about your fetish jewels with with people who are um, not fetishists. Can you talk any more about that in particular? Uh, I can try my best. Um, I think yeah, I agree. I don't. I think you could say this with any fetish that you could you need to try to because what I found easier for me is because I don't always want to talk about the fetish constantly, but the people who I talk to who are also into it that's in my experience that seems to be all they want to talk about and when you try to deviate from it it always ends up going back to it and you can't just have normal quote-unquote like not normal coverage but like topics outside of this is hard to come by but with people outside of it yeah you can bring it up every so often and it's fun and it's and it's sometimes those are like my favorite conversations because it's just but out so out there you're like i didn't expect that to come out of your mouth but here we are (laughs) But also it's just like, it's fun it, for like both sides. Cause it's like, if, if you're into it and you're into it, it's everyone is fun and you're having excitement. But when it comes to like non people, like not like people who aren't into it, I feel like for them, they get something else out of it. That's not sexual gratification. And I think if we focus on that angle, everyone could have fun because I've uh, an experience like uh, going back to one of my previous experience um, the person of my first ever experience which lasted six months of like nonstop of just it was just like it started off with him just messing around and doing all that but he got enjoyment out of it because he found it funny and he found it like oh this is just like the best thing ever well other people that I've had non fart fetishes that I've had interaction with were like oh that's cool or I would be do something else and then they'll just let it go and then they'll just be like did you hear that was that good what type of farts do you like is this a smell that you like yesterday I mentioned to one of my friends that I was going to be on doing another episode he's like oh I'll just do it I'll do the interview for I'll do the interview for you and I'll just talk about how you love really stanky eggy farts and that's all we're going to talk about for an hour and I'm like no We're not doing that today. It's a very, it's a very good point, and something, something. Uh, obviously, I mean, this show—that's all we talk about. But it, it's a good point that there should be um, more things outside of the show. I, I think you know, uh, I always co- go to video games as a possibility. Like you know, the the people of this group uh, get together and play you know something that that people enjoy, and and not even talk about the fetish, but actually just you know, enjoy ourselves and our company together and talk about normal things. Hey, what movie did you see? Hey, what, whatever. Like, I think, you know, the scope of the show obviously is to talk about fire fetish for as long as I have 
whoever's here. But I think the scope of the community should definitely be much more. What do you, what do you think about any of that, Dell? Um, yes, I agree. Like there are people that will constantly talk about fighting and like it does get kind of tiring. Me, when I first started talking to people, uh, this was back in 2015, my whole intention was like, I want to get to know people beyond the fetish side of things. Um, and like, I've made some really good friends that way, uh, where, you know, I, like I know about their their lives in general and we can we can talk about other kind of stuff like and you know it, inevitably we circle back to fetish stuff every now and again like you know, we'll trade videos and all of that but it's like we're we're just friends where this one thing is just one thing we have in common it's not like it's not the foundation of a friendship it's like you know i care about you beyond all of this stuff like i want to know how you're doing i want to know like what's going on with your life I want to know, like, you know, what, what other things do we have in common? Kind of, yeah, all that kind of stuff. Whereas I, I feel like some people are maybe scared to to put more of themselves out there. Because, like, it, it, it might be the case that some people feel like, oh, I have to talk about fetish stuff because, like, it, at, at least that's a safe topic. I don't want to talk about other things because, you know, maybe, like, that, maybe, maybe they're assuming that, the other person only wants to talk about fetish stuff. Maybe that's it. I don't know. Maybe it could just be that they have very bad social skills. And in some cases, that's the case. Or it very much seems to be. But yeah, like, for anyone listening to this, you know, try to have normal conversations with people as well. Like, they appreciate that, usually. I, I think there's a couple of couple of issues and you and you touched on them the one uh, and you did say it and the one that I that stands out the most to me is the is the privacy concern the more you share the more you've opened the door into someone realizing who you are so unless you've made up like oh well my fetish persona likes these bands and these movies and whatever like unless you've cooked up something for yourself you're basically like if you like a really obscure band like let me say one for me I like Black Moth Super Rainbow who the fuck has ever heard of that band and yet like that kind of identifies me as uh, as as who i am like thankfully i i don't care anymore you know my name's on this podcast uh you know i i retweet it from my you know main twitter account there's nothing uh i'm not scared anymore so much and i'm not again this isn't me encouraging people to be more open but to the level that you can be I think you're you are very right to encourage people to absolutely have more normal conversations and you know listening to Jules and you know I too I think we all would appreciate um being better connected with people I think that's one of the you know one of one of society's great problems right now is is a is a greater disconnection between people you know I don't I don't I'm not going to say like oh the 50s and 60s were the best time in the world for everyone but like there was <laughs> There was I mean, I'm pretty sure segregation was literally a thing at that time. Ah, so. ah you know, that's fine. No, no, that's <laughs> that's exactly my point. Is like it wasn't a, it wasn't great for everyone. But the point is, there was like this uh, TV and media showed us this idyllic image of like you know cops that aren't just you know power hungry whatevers, and they're actually community members. And people in the community are community members. They bake pies for each other and they do this. And obviously, that's also partly fantasy. But I don't think if that never existed, I don't think that that's impossible. 
um, maybe the pies are impossible. But I do think that people can have community um, and 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 re remember what it is to be in a neighborhood and in a in a greater community in general. You know, I don't. It's it's <laughs> capitalism, but there's a lot of fixes. There's a lot of things that need to go into. Um, you, you can, we're not just going to find community tomorrow just because I said, hey, shouldn't we all be in a community? There's so many aspects of our lives, time, work, all these things work against that. So it takes a, a, a strong effort to to build those aspects. But I think they're vitally important and we need them. I, I think just as a species in general, like, you know, we're a social species. We need our society. <laughs> we live in a society. <laughs> we live in a community. No. Uh, we, like... <laughs> We, we need to have that kind of connection, whether it's like, and I, I think just because of the unique nature of this specific community, like it's going to be hard for it to be in a physical space. Like, you know, sure, you can bake a pie for your neighbor, but like, you can't, you can't just go up to your neighbor and be like, hey, do you want to fart on me? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you could, you just have to deal with the consequences i want to live in a world where i can go to my neighbor and ask them if they could fart on me no um obviously yeah i don't think that's ever gonna happen but i do think you know i i think that's why this show is not like it's not meant to reach normal people like i'm not saying don't listen to this normal people stop listening now but like this is meant to for us for right now this is meant to bring us together and say like hey I, I'm seeing something that I want to change. So I'm going to bring this show and, and we're going to talk about it. And, 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 you know, hopefully people are, and I've been very surprised and, and, and honored to learn that people do people like Dill, people like Jules, people that have other people who have come on the show. And as people slowly start trickling into the discord as well, I think that'll increase because I think people are hungry to talk about this, even if they're not ready to like present their full, like normal mainstream self, I guess people do want to have um, discussion about what's happening in this world. And more importantly, to Jules point, I think they want to connect with people that they may share other interests with as well. And if they're in this community, you know, maybe so much the better in many, in some ways, I guess if they're only talking about fetish stuff, not so great, but you know, we, we, I think we'll all learn to have our personalities come back as, you know, the more we do this. Because uh, I don't know if I ever said this, but I think uh, part of the problem in this community is because people are so isolated. They feel that they can't interact with other people. They feel like they're going to be ostracized. They're going to be um, shamed. And so they don't. So they don't have any practice in stretching these skills and exercising these social muscles. Um, obviously, I, I'm not talking for everyone in the community. I've talked to at least a few that have talked to other people and, you know, gotten their fetish satisfied that way. But that doesn't seem to be the norm. The norm uh, that I'm seeing, at least in the straight uh, submissive side, is that it's a, it's a lot of perpetually online people who are don't seem to be getting out there in any social aspect, let alone the fetish. Dill, I realize I never really asked you how you came to realize you had this fetish. Can you, can you talk a little bit about your origins and, and when about that was that you discovered? For me, uh, I'm one of those, like, like this has been 
simple ways of being since childhood type people. I, I know a lot of people have the whole, oh, my friends used to like fart on me or like, you know, I had a cousin or something and like they would just sometimes fart on me for fun. And like, I never had that kind of thing. For me, it's just like, it's always been there. Uh, even when I was like four years old, I remember just having these, um, like obviously I didn't realize it was sexual at the time because like four, being four. Um, but like, it was just like a strange kind of, fascination with um with with farting and you know like like there might be a scene in a cartoon where or a character farts or something like that and like you know you just get this kind of like fluttery feeling and uh i, I like i remember i i think i was six at the time um and there was like a scene in a cartoon where someone was like drinking some kind of fizzy drink um and, and then I was just like, oh, God, I need to leave. I like, if they burp. Oh, sorry. <laughs> because that's another one of my kinks as well. But, like, same kind of idea. Like, if this character burps, oh, no, I'm not going to be able to handle seeing that on TV. Like, I, I didn't know why. But, like, I was just like, I, I need to get out of here before before I see it. Like, that, like that was the kind of thing that was there when I was younger. Uh, same thing with, same kind of thing with farting. Yeah, and then... Um, fast forward to like maybe 13 when I was 13 yeah we're like yeah like I'd see things on YouTube like people were starting to post videos and stuff and I was just like oh this is nice um, <laughs> let me let me watch more then you know you'd come then you'd come across like actual spaces online where people were like discussing it and then you know like you learn what the word fetish means and like then it's like oh yes this is this is a thing like this is what it is and yeah so that's that's kind of my journey with it it started with like a weird interest that i couldn't explain like a weird fascination type thing even when i was younger like i i would fantasize about like guys fighting around me and when i say younger i mean like you know 10 and stuff like I, di I didn't realize what it meant or like what it was but yeah I'd think about like just being with in a group of guys and just like all of us like fighting with each other and like I guess that was an early form of masturbation for me and yeah and it kind of went on from there until I discovered real masturbation <laughs> and um and yeah like here I am now making content for other people to masturbate to. <laughs> it's great. And it's interesting. And maybe this is why the three of us are more introspective is we did all, all start out fairly, fairly early on with our, with our realization or our awakening to this fetish. I think that's actually one of the, one of the problems. We kind of talked about this. I, you know, I, it's kind of the whole, like, should we all be talking about the fetish all the time? And obviously the answer is no, but like, I think one of the big problems we do need to combat or, or, or find someone to circumvent is it seems like most people, the majority of people in this fetish don't want to get introspective or or do this kind of like thought experiment as it were like we're doing here. Is is Do you feel like that is something that will uh, change over time or more that we should just focus and, and, and find those people who are willing to go down this type of uh, discussion? Jules, why don't you go first? 
I think it will uh, become more common even after my episode. I was thinking back to more of the stuff and then I came to realize that due to the fact that I'm Canadian, we have a lot of Canadian-centric shows and uh, a lot of our cartoons, which we are huge. There's one studio for sure that every show they've ever made has one or two characters who are just known for farting. And uh, one of those shows, which is 16, which is one of my favorite childhood shows, had a character who in one of the episodes was uh, took a pair of goggles and we just wanted to watch guys fart. But that's, that, was the, that was the entire B plot was this dude just wanting to see infrared farts and the, care, and the security guard mentions the fart fetish within the episode <laughs> to try to get it back near the end of it. And going back to that, I'm like, yeah, that might have, yep, that, that was a thing. I was really into that man. And then that studio also made Toll Drama and Toll Drama. Everyone knows about that. They have that particular character that's just known for, I just love Canadian TV. A lot of Canadian products, for some odd reason, has farting as like a premise in almost every show or just a character that's just known for it without, but uh, that's just a, a side tangent. But no, I believe that the more, I think you need to have more of like, thinking about it and being like more probing because it's just it's just at the end of the day it's just fun it's fun to figure out where things come from yeah i agree what about you Dill? what what is your thoughts on that no definitely uh, like it, it's uh, you know i my whole mindset has been just like figure yourself out you know it's like know thyself kind of thing and i think everyone should kind of learn about themselves and like what makes them tick kind of thing uh, me and a friend have a have a running joke between us where it's like everyone should go to therapy as well, uh, just because it, it helps you be more introspective and figure out like why you are the way you are, um, the good and the bad. So so yeah, definitely. I I, I feel like uh, I feel like uh, when when people start when I start having conversations with like other uh, fetish people, like it, it is a thing that usually comes up quite early on, like. The conversation will usually go, hey, how are you? Um, ASL. Then you tell, you know, how old you are, where you're from. And then usually it will either it will either be like, do you want to trade videos? <laughs> or, or like even worse, are you gassy right now? I hate that. Um, that hits home. Or they just don't respond. <laughs> uh, yes, yeah. Um, or, or, sorry, it will be, are you gassy right now? Do you want to trade videos? It might be, um, you want to trade face pics? Or it will be, like, how did you get into this? Like, that, like, it, it comes up quite, quite early on. Like, I feel like that's just the, the standard script to follow in the conversation. So I, I think people do think about it. Uh, I, I think, you know, there's, Maybe to a degree, there's a bit more digging to do in terms of, well, okay, this is where it started, but what am I going to do with it kind of thing? Maybe that's what we should talk about more in terms of like, how am I going to um, interact with other people? How, how am I going to present this side to the world? Because by choosing to have conversations with people, like you're, you know, you're presenting it to the world, but like, how are you going to go about doing that? That's what we should be more introspective mm -hmm. on. To add to, to Jules' point about, like, Canadian shows, like, yes, 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 yes. Very popular here, like, you know. So, thank you. Thank you, Canada. Like, my childhood, <laughs> like, so, so many Canadian shows. And, like, yes, you're completely right. They they always have, like, that the one or two, like, fart character, like, body humor, toilet humor type characters. And I feel like that's responsible for, for a lot of people's, like, awakenings 
so yeah like politically australia always like bows down to to the usa and i feel like we need to change our allegiance we need to be more grateful for canada i love australian programming i got for i growing up i watched a lot of british and australian programming so i american programming was like oh that's actually american i thought it was not cool (laughs) yeah i I think for here it's like the the general assumption is that like everything comes from america but it's like oh it's canadian okay but yeah we have better music fine (laughs) 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 you also you also like gave the world justin bieber so uh, actually, Usher gave the role Justin Bieber, not mine. Okay, okay. So that's a that's a funny that's a funny abdication, but all right. <laughs> no, um, I I want to come to something we we kind of talked about. Maybe it's not worth going over again, but like I really I really obsessed with this idea of a unified space. Um, I, I've talked with 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 Dill and I, and I think maybe maybe at least one other person about like it's not it may not be easy or possible just because of the differences between the two orientations. But I do think there is a need for like a main discussion to happen of fetishes of all types. You got female, fer- uh, female fart fetishes. You got the male subs, the male doms, which is an interesting perspective, like male dominant, but wanting women to fart on them. So I guess that's like the perspective of people who want to have anal done to them, like be, be fucked in the ass, but also want to be in charge of it at the same time. Like, yeah, fuck me in the ass, that type of thing. And that in that sense, you're still doming, even though you're re- receiving a bottom action. So anyways, male dom, that's a new perspective for me in the fart fetish community that I've seen just, I've barely, barely explored that at all, but I've seen some of that. Uh, and then, and then obviously the gay side of both male and male and <laughs> gay dom and gay, gay sub as well. Um, and I think a main conversation of all those types is important just for further pers- parsing out what this fetish is about, what's it mean to other people, just the general, what we do on the show, essentially. And then I think in that, like I'm assuming Discord or something, but it doesn't have to be. But from that, there's smaller groups of uh, basically by desired farter. Like you have male farts and female farts. That way the men and women who like uh, uh, male farts can go in that section. The men and women who like female farts can go in that section. That keeps it from being too granular. Like I'm a male that enjoys female farts, but I also enjoy like it. It just keeps it uh, a little more, I don't know, sane in my mind. But I think that idea, that kind of grouping can help people find each other. You know, it can help, you know, uh, pretty much everyone but straight submissive men, honestly, because it seems like <laughs> Uh, dominant female uh, fart fetishes are probably the the least available group in this section. The least um, the least numbers in this uh, fetish thus far. That could change, but as far as right now, uh, the dominant female seems to be the outlier of the group. But you know, we may get some you know men to fart for women or on them, or women to fart on men. Even you know, it may inspire straight men to make content for for gay fart fetishists you know probably not a lot but you know anyone who might have an idea of like oh i I do this for humor or i do this as a point of pride my farts are awesome and i want people to see them or smell them or whatever like i think that's the the ideal of like a a conjoined community what uh what are your thoughts let me go to dill first on this one i i like that idea 
in theory, in practice, there was a similar kind of space. I, I think it was called the Fart Fetish Forums. But, but like, it, it had the kind of similar thing to what you were talking about of, like, into people into males, people into females, and, like, there were discussion threads and all of that. But it it basically just turned out into, like, people posting there being like, oh, I'm a male 25 from New York. Uh, any girls near me wanting to find... Like, it, it, like it just kind of devolved or degenerated into into that so i think yes it would be great to kind of have that but like we need to kind of level up everyone i guess to to move beyond just like the the baser lizard brain sexual instinct <laughs> um to for people to be able to like be decent with each other and like realize that like we're humans and you know, treat each other as such rather than just as sexual objects. So yeah, love the idea, but we we got some work to to be able to get to that point. That's a very good statement, actually. I, I have nothing, no better way to put that, actually, because um, and it it you know it ties into what I what I was talking about. You know, like finding the introspective people or finding a way to make more people introspective. I think it's going to be more of the uh, the former in this case, but. Hopefully we can level up, I think that was a great term, uh, people into into normal people, like knowing how to interact with people. <laughs> like I'm and here's, here's the thing. I say that I say that uh flippantly, but I'm I'm among them. Like I'm scared to talk to people. You know, I'm scared to, you know, I'm sitting next to a girl at a at a, you know, a comedy club or whatever. I'm scared to be like, Hey, have you have you been here before? Like, there's nothing scary about that question, but just the fact that you haven't broached it yet is scary. So I 100% get why people are scared and why people are not, you know, again, quote unquote. Uh, when well, I'm not gonna say quote unquote. Why they don't have social skills because it's hard and you need to actually work on it. Just like people who like envy people who have muscles. It's like, yeah, you could have muscles. You just gotta work at it. And same thing. You could be social. You just have to work at it. And I, I'm learning that myself just as much as I'm out here, like, uh, trying to encourage people not to make those type of posts on FetLife because FetLife is more or less the same thing for most of the fart fetish groups. It's just people posting, Hey, I'm 25. I'm in New Jersey. Any female want to sit on my face and fart? Like, it's just not going to work. And yet it just keeps happening. It's it's like living Groundhog Day. Every time you go to FetLife, it's like, I'm going to see another post of someone posting their age and their location as if someone's just going to fly to them magically and, and fart on their face. It, 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 it takes a lot of work, just like it takes a lot of work to date someone and, and you know, get them to have sex with you. It takes a lot of work to do this. And this is arguably harder because they're not on the same page as you are. In terms of this fetish, there might be in the, you know, guys fuck me uh, mindset because that's the norm. But if you're coming to them with a different thing, you might have to work a little harder. It's not something to be like, oh, I'll never, you know, it'll never happen. Blah, blah, blah. I can't. Woe is me. Blah, blah, blah. It sucks and it's hard, but it's just got to get done. And I, th I think that was what I, something I wanted to say about both of your comments to a, a previous question is this show fortunately or unfortunately, is a de facto encouragement for, you know, 
men who are falling by the wayside in, you know, normal society. I don't know if the gay side has this problem as much, but the straight side definitely has a, a significant problem of, you know, men falling behind in terms of, you know, their skills, their desirability, their all this. And it's not just like, well, it's all the women's fault. They're not, they're just not, uh, they're not accepting our low standards anymore. No, it's our job to do work. I think men, and I, I'm speaking out of my ass here, but I feel like men have been told too many times, it's like, it's your world. It's the way you want to do it. It's you're the, you're the good one. And the way you perceive life is the right way. And it's just not the case. And I think we're finally, finally, slowly breaking past those ideas that just because you're a man, this world is yours and you can just take whatever you want out of it. And I think fetishists especially are learn have learned that because that's not the way the world works. I don't know if any of that made sense. No, no, no. It, it, like, yeah, it makes sense. Um, and yeah, I, I think uh, like a lot of, well, I'm, I'm assuming maybe there are a lot of like straight uh, fat fetishists who are, who like, they've had this kind of idea even subconsciously fit to them where it's like, yeah, it's a man foiled, but then, you know, they're putting themselves out there being like, hey, any women want to fight on me? Or like, they might even, maybe they find someone, but then they don't know how to like even talk to her. And then they're just like, wait, what? Women have agency? <laughs> when did this become a thing? <laughs> and yeah, and it's like, they, they have to like kind of navigate this new space where where like that's the thing where like women can decide for themselves what they want and don't want to do with their bodies and like within a, a not like a relationship in the sense of like interaction between two people um it's just like what women don't have to listen to everything i say and do everything that i tell them to what kind of world is this I, I, like that's an exaggeration but yeah i think people are like it, it may, maybe it comes as a shock to some people where it's like i'm not just i'm not just going to get what i want yeah cuz i mean all i wanted to add was you know i think there's a lot of bad male role models rising up and i'm not i'm not going to sit here and say i'm a role model fuck that i'm not i'm not a role model don't follow me but i think <laughs> i do have i do have some insight that maybe you want to take maybe you don't maybe it's not right for you but the point is i, I do want to be I would do want to provide a more positive example for for men that may be struggling because I I was definitely a struggling man and in other circumstances you know I, I'm dancing around the term incel in other circumstances I may you know have been down those rabbit holes and gone down those roads that are are pretty fucking dark in in my estimation of looking at it so I I think this this show is you know, that wasn't the purpose. Obviously, I didn't think like, oh, that was going to be the reason. But I do think it is important to to provide uh, males with another perspective that isn't just uh, ego and, you know, women are the force of chaos or whatever, whatever the fuck any of these figures are saying online these days or, or in public. I just like, you're, you're a person. And the person you want to talk to is also a person. Realize that and, and how you're coming to it, realize they're coming to it in a similar way. They're nervous, they're introverted or scared. They're, not everything, you know, just because you see everyone as maybe an enemy, you kind of project this like, oh, people don't want to talk to me. And I'm talking to myself here. Like people don't want me to come up and talk to them. Like 
That's not necessarily true. Maybe you find one or two that don't and fuck them. But like most people are just as nervous and on like sure themselves as you are and you making the move is just sometimes uh, and move and talking obviously you making a move to talk to them is sometimes the delight in the world i mean that's a little dramatic but that is you know in this world where people do just like cross each other on the sidewalk and don't even like look at each other's eyes talking to someone is a, a bit of a uh, a bit of an act, a bit of a, not an act, but a bit of a, a a brave thing to do in a world that isn't quite there anymore. Isn't, maybe it never was. We talked a bit about this. I'll, I'll leave the VR part about, about it. But I do think people are meeting more and more online. From my own anecdotal uh, view, looking at like Gen Z, for instance, they seem to have more they seem to find more friends over like voice chat in a video game than they do like out in the world. Maybe they don't go out actually. Most of their, you know, they go to school and then they go home and play video games. And I'm not, this is not me like don't play video games, but like, this is where people are interacting. Is that going to be a problem for uh, a fetish like this because of our small numbers? Or is this just the new way to meet people? And then those who are motivated will continue to go out and, and meet up and have real interactions um, as long as, you know, geographic locations or whatever, money, whatever, uh, you know, uh, lines up. What do, what do you guys think? Uh, let's start with, uh, let's start with Dill. I, I think people will always have a desire to meet in person. I think there's, there's no, like, you know, I'm pretty sure all of us suffered lockdowns in some form or another. Uh, I know where I am. We had the longest lockdown in the world, I believe. That may not be the case anymore with China, something, something. Anyway, but like I think that that just proved that like we want to see people in person, and I think fetish or not, like we want in-person interaction. So yeah, it might be the case that people are meeting each other online more, and I think you're more likely to to run into the people with this kind of interest. You're more likely to find that online rather than in real life, but like. I don't think that will stop people from wanting to take that interaction to an in-person kind of thing. Absolutely. Well, and I think that I think the not to become a finance channel, but I think that's what the economics pan out as well. As things became less locked down, uh, businesses did a lot better. So obviously, people are very hungry to be back out in the world, maybe at their own you know health detriment, but. The, the, the fact remains that people do want to be out at the bars, out at the clubs, out at wherever people meet and doing it. And even if like one of the kink clubs near me has extremely stringent uh, entry, uh, you need a specific type of mask. I think uh, starting this next month, you need uh, boosters. And these are all I think these are all good provisions, but that's not the norm in terms of most places you go. So. There are, and, and that's my point of saying that is people do still go. I think these venues are still very busy because they don't care. They're, they'll put up with the restrictions because they just want to be there amongst other people who kind of get their thing, you know, whether it be kink or whatever. Um, what, what do you think? Uh, I was going to jump to you next, Jules. What do you think about that, uh, the meeting online? And, and is that the future? And is that a problem? I don't see a problem with it because as a, really really big gamer who's terrified of talking to people but still ends up talking to people it's a 
I'm a hypocritical person by nature, apparently. Um, <laughs> but that's what I think. It's like, that's why uh, so many gamers go to like uh, PAX or uh, MegCon. It's just uh, just because you met all these, you, you have like your gamer squad and uh, then you go to the convention, you meet up. But like, I think if you meet people through those, like the, my friend group, we I met all of them online before I met them in person, like six months later. And then it was like, it was just, see people face to face was was just exciting but um yeah that's why it's like if you like even like getting by like let's say i'm like, like conventions are a good way to meet people but like meeting people who have the fetish but also likes anime you guys could meet up for an anime convention and have like a little like the main goal is like anime but like the sub goal is like if we like each other and we get if we're along with friends but we get in person and we are still having fun and meeting up and then maybe we could go move to something else yeah that's a great point specifically conventions actually because they are uh, often uh, very expensive but also they, they draw a lot of people who otherwise might stay home and not do anything else but they will go to this convention you know once a year so it does it can bring people from a lot of different geographic locations to one place and then you can have in the in the periphery these fart fetish experiences you know assuming you, you know you met up hey i'm gonna come to the convention let's uh maybe do something later or whatever let's go have lunch or whatever can i just add to that like uh, you're talking about conventions and stuff i think um furries oh my god <laughs> like they're great aren't they like furries are amazing i love furries not a furry myself maybe i could be at some point but like not right now um, i can turn you oh are you a furry <laughs> a little bit yeah i took uh that was harder to accept than having than accepting that i had this that was a lot of my friends be like you're a fucking furry except like no i just like anthropomorphic animals it's fine <laughs> Right, yeah, yeah. Well, you know what? There's no problem with that. Like, I feel like yeah, fur furries get a bad rap, but like, I think you know, in terms of like, they've created a community for themselves, a massive community, and like, from what I've seen, like, they're, they're always so supportive with each other and everything. Usually, like, you know, it's not perfect, but but like, and in terms of like, I, there's a massive crossover between furries and like fat fetishes as well. I don't know. It's if huge because there's. So there's so much art and stories about it. Like they're just so, they're just open to everything. Like each furry community, like the furry community has like subgenres. It's like everyone's a furry and then you have a subgenre you go to. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and so like, you know, bringing back to, to the main point, it's like, you're talking about conventions. I feel like if you want to meet people in real life, like you need to go to a furry convention. Cause like, I feel like they'd mm -hmm. already be open to, to, to sexual stuff not that yeah not that furries is all about like sex and everything i know they don't like that perspective and like it's not always the case but like yeah there's there's definitely a, a sexual element to a lot of it from what i've seen um but yeah sorry that like yeah i i can't even remember what i was going to say now but yeah furries the convention for meeting people do it now <laughs> yeah I, I do think but I do <laughs> I do think you're right, uh, Dill, that, that furries do get a bad rap. My hope is that similar to uh foot fetishists, that this is the necessary step in society before it becomes kind of more acceptable. Like like 
the fact that it is talked about so often, it's parodied in um, in cartoons. I know uh, at least one episode of American Dad had a furry, and I don't think it was I don't think it was poorly I don't think it was poorly handled. It probably wasn't the most uh, aware portrayal. But the point is, like, this is happening more and more, and the more you see it, the more people learn to be like, ah, this is just something that exists. This is a part of human sexuality. Similar to, even though we're getting pushed back now, unfortunately, we're going backwards in terms of like LGBT, um, LGBT plus, yes, LGBT plus, um, you know, we're going backwards in that way, but people have for the most part started to accept it like yes this is this is an aspect of human sexuality these aren't what uh conservative politicians try to vilify you know these are these are just people exploring a different aspect of sexuality so my my whole point of that is is hopefully furries uh gets there and hopefully more fetishes get in that same same way as well i i'm going to i'm going to come to the the end here this is this has been a this has been an amazing conversation we should probably do two people panels more often because there's just so much to grab from it um so much and and just just i don't know just great conversation perspective that i can't i just don't have you know and and it's great to get someone else deal specifically your question and and the back and forth you've had i'm so glad we did this let me let me uh jump to a question that I feel like I've only asked to uh the the female fart fetishist thus far. And it's a little bit of a fun question. What aspects of a, a, a fart do you find appealing? Let me start with uh with Jules. Uh if I may give you an example, sorry. I like the the female fart fetishist specifically said she didn't like smell. I believe she liked sound and uh and I think vibration what 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 about you jules oh i'm gonna this is fun i get actually this is a question i get asked a lot with from certain people or a lot of like uh from certain podcasts i heard out a lot of people don't like it i actually enjoy the smell sometimes if it's if i'm really really into the person i can't it honestly it doesn't it smells nice to me like it's not a horrible thing and because my favorite type is the silent ones, I think those are great. <laughs> For some odd reason, those ones peak, top tier. But like, I'm not a fan of sound that often. I'm more for like length and like if in person, like the feeling. Like I, I like the rush of air. <laughs> I guess that you feel when it happens. But no, I can take relief sound. Nice. What about what about you, Dill? What what aspects are you do you find most appealing? Um, that's interesting, Jules. Like, uh, for me, um, sound is the main thing. Um, I love, like, the the big, bassy, like, yeah, that's my thing. Like, big and bassy. It doesn't necessarily have to be long, just, like, powerful. And, you know, I've got, I've got a few people in mind, you know, like, people on Twitter that, like, come to mind when I think about it. Uh, sound, I, I think sound mainly because, like, that's, that's usually what you get to experience like online um i like i do like the smell as well like if it's in person i'd prefer it to be through at least one layer i'm not sure how well i could take like just being directly farted on like fully bare like I, i've done that um but like, yeah like wear underwear or just like pants or jeans whatever like that is my big and yes vibrations as well you know like i i like i like everything about it Silent ones, uh, sorry, they don't really do it for me. Like, it's, 
the idea can be kind of hot where it's like you you're with the guy and like you know it just starts smelling and you're like hey you did that didn't you see that's like amazing you'll learn i'll get you another one day that'll be my goal okay <laughs> 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 um but yeah like but like it, you know it, you can't really enjoy an spd the same way in in video form because like you don't hear anything and yeah. you can't smell anything in stories and in, in person it's different but like when it comes yeah. to, to video content, if it's a video program no there has to be a sound or like what's the point yes exactly but i do agree with you on the whole uh clothing thing because i've done it bear and like there's no smell and it makes me sad at least with underwear it's like a scent <laughs> and like it it lingers in the clothes that are... i don't get people like I, uh, sorry i just i i just think cloth is superior interestingly um uh when it comes to sound like i, I know a lot of people uh, i guess maybe the people that are more hesitant of like um recording their bodies for whatever reason if it's just like a black screen and hearing the sound that doesn't do it for me like i need to see something as well I, I don't know if you've seen like the people that do like fart edits like there'll be like a picture like a drawing of of someone just like and they they add the sound on top of that even that can sometimes do it for me but i think once again this just shows that, like how how varied this is i feel like lots of people will love this discussion that, that we're having right now <laughs> can't wait for comments because with one of the podcasts that you posted this guy's like i hate this i I'm not, because I think the words with, I'm not one of those freaks that say that farts smell like roses and I like the smell. I'm like, uh, I was iffy about his phrasing on that, but like, I can't wait for like some of the measures to be like, are you, is that, is that, is that real? Like, are you, are you, are you positive on that? Like, <laughs> <laughs> well, th this, I, I, goddamn, th this has been a really good experience. I hope, I hope you both enjoyed it as well. Is there anything like you'd like to, uh, to say before, before I sign off? Uh, Dill, Dill, why don't you start if you have anything? What is it? I, I don't know. I, th I feel like we've talked about everything, you know, just, I guess the main takeaway of this is be introspective, be, be nice to people. And like, you know, for the people that are finding it hard to maybe like, accept this aspect of it, you know, put yourself out there, just like, it's a thing, you not you can't really get rid of it, in my experience. Um, so yeah, shamelessly plugging in my OnlyFans as well. Uh, yeah, please, please do. Sub sub subscribe, subscribe to me, onlyfans.com slash stinky with three Ys, DJ. <laughs> I, I have to, I have to. <laughs> no, no, you have to. That is, that is, that is a requirement. Once you have those things. That's the, that's you... the nature, that's the nature of the, the platform. Like you just have to, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. No, I, and I appreciate, I'm sure, I'm sure people will appreciate it as well as they come to find you. Uh, from this podcast, uh, Jules. What about you? Do you have anything to to close us out on? Uh, yeah. Um, be safe. Be nice. Uh, don't take your don't take yourself too seriously because that just makes things less fun. Also, if you want to talk to me at all, my Twitter <laughs> is a uh, Jules Knight, and I will respond to most DMs if you're nice to me. If you aren't nice to me, then I'll just I won't respond. So just nice. <laughs> Jules Knight. I have seen you before. Yeah, yeah, you have. There you go. That's my uh, my new alias. Before that, I was known as Tally Fan for a while. In the uh, birth fetish forms, I think is uh, or sometimes if I don't want, I'm like, I hate. I'm like, why am I here? 
Wait, you were on the bird finish forums as well. We need to have like a proper chat outside of this. Again, my DMs are open. Anyone come hit me up. I like conversation. I am learning to be more socially aware. I love I think we all are. So don't don't feel oh, like you're alone me. there. Yeah. Same with me. Like, you know, feel free to talk. Just like be decent. You know, to, yeah. Tell me your favorite movie. That's your opening line. If you want to message me after this, tell me your favorite top five movies and then I'll tell you if you have taste or not. <laughs> Oh, that's a that's a challenge. I I will message you after this. I'll wait. I'm an I I'm I'm particular. I'm very critical when it comes to my my craft. So I'm waiting. <laughs> I love this. This has been an amazing conversation, guys. Uh, we should probably actually do this again. Uh, I don't know, maybe a couple months down the road or something. We'll see. We'll feel it out. But I I cannot thank you both enough for for taking the time doing this and and giving us such a good talk today. Thank you very much, both of you. Thank you for having me on again. I will happily come back whenever you want to have someone else to talk to. Uh, thank you for letting me back on so early because we literally talked like three weeks ago. <laughs> Don't worry. This, 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 it'll, it'll be, there'll be some distance. The next time we come, I'll be in Europe. So a whole ah, different time zone. Nice. That'll, that'll be a new, a new scheduling challenge, but we will do it. We will do it because More it's, stories. Worth, it's worth it. Yeah, that too. <laughs> That too. You can you can uh, see if if uh, if Europe has any um, greater promiscuity around uh, around farting. You can let us know. You should you should probably start a YouTube channel of your of your fart travels. But also talk about other things. Do not just talk about farts for God's sake. People don't like no, that. No, I'll have, I'll do it. My acting career at Ireland. It'll be a travel blog. I love it. I love it. I love it, guys. I I. Again, I cannot thank you enough. I, I look forward to having you both on again, individually, together. It doesn't matter. You both are amazing. Um, and thank you very much again. <laughs>